0: Hello and welcome to Transporter Lock for Star Trek Discovery Season 2, Episode 5, Saints of Imperfection. Not only that, but this is also Transporter Lock Episode number 31, where we bust out all the cool tech we don't get to use the rest of the year. Captain Sabriel, how are you?
1: Hi, Ken.
0: (laughs) We are going to disavow knowledge of this episode as soon as it's done airing.
1: I usually do. (laughs)
0: Aw, I don't know how I feel about that. Before we get to this week's episode, I have an anecdote to tell you about my Star Trek Discovery t shirt.
1: Yeah, please do, because I never get any reactions to mine.
0: Really? Because you have the same shirt I do, and I'm sure you wear it as proudly as I do. Nobody responds to it?
1: I think you just get up more.
0: <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> So I like to do this thing called contra dancing. It's a little bit like square dancing. There's live music, lots of fiddles. And I mistakenly wore my disco shirt to a contra dance. And of course, in that context, everybody looks at it and they say, oh, you like disco dancing too? And, I'm like, and I try to point the little Starfleet emblem on the sleeve, but that doesn't really help clarify things because nowhere on the shirt does it say Star Trek or even Discovery.
1: You're right. You're right. Huh.
0: And then there are people who are like, there's a new Star Trek show?
1: Oh my gosh, CBS, this is why you don't put it on your little, little pay-for network.
0: But then again, the people who don't know there's a new Star Trek show probably wouldn't watch it anyway.
1: Also fair. <laughs> also fair.
0: But just before we record this episode, I went to Trader Joe's to get my weekly groceries, and somebody there said, hey, I love your shirt. So of course I kind of look at him suspiciously. And I say, a lot of people think it means that I like disco dancing. He's like, Oh, no, I get it. I watch Star Trek.
1: <laughs> cool. Cool.
0: And I was like, cool. I'm glad you do. And I, I sort of walked away. And I thought to myself, gee, why didn't I take that opportunity to proselytize my podcast? <laughs> but then, then he found me later on. As we were walking through the aisles, we bumped past again. And he started talking to me again about Star Trek. And so I said, you should listen to the podcast Transporter Lock.
1: And he's like, thanks, I will. And then immediately downloaded it in front of you, awkwardly, making you wait in silence.
0: I actually hovered over his shoulder and watched him download the app so he could subscribe.
1: (laughs) No, I did not. I did not.
0: Uh, he, He said he's a season behind on Discovery. So I said, well, you can always go listen to the first season of Transporter Lock.
1: And uh, the benefit is being a season behind means you're only like four or five episodes behind.
0: That's right. And maybe four short treks.
1: Yeah, if you care about this.
0: But I do have an offer for our listeners. These Star Trek Discovery shirts that we are chatting about, I actually have an extra one. It's medium unisex, and I will gladly mail it to any of our listeners in the 50 United States for free if they just drop us an email with their postal address.
1: Do it. It's cool. You You can also... Either Prosthus, you can also share your love for Star Trek, or Disco, dancing.
0: That's right. You can have completely irrelevant remarks made by complete strangers.
1: Uh, Get enough of that.
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. So then, shall we continue with section, I mean, episode 31 of Transporter Lock?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a little imperfect, but we might as well.
0: Well, we're no saints, Captain. <laughs> I mean, we's a strong word. <laughs> Well, I just want to start by saying that this was my second favorite episode of the season.
1: Oh, I really enjoyed this one too, and you know what? A lot of internet did not, so that must be why we liked it.
0: Wait, what? I, <laughs> you know, you definitely, as I've mentioned before, have your finger on the pulse of the Star Trek online community much more than I do, and I'm constantly surprised by some of their reactions. That's what is right? not to like?
1: Uh, we can get into it more, but a lot of it don't like. A lot of the complaints come from pacing. Uh, others come from. People don't feel some ca- characters act like they think the characters are supposed to act. And others are like, what are they doing in my section 31? Nothing can change ever.
0: Okay. That last remark I can kind of see, but we'll get into that. Shall one of us do a TLDR?
1: Yeah. So I- I'll do it. And yay. Uh, this episode, Tilly's still in the upside down. Uh, <laughs> it's a reference too, but she's in the, the, uh, like I almost said, a uh, fluidic space. She's in, uh, my celial network and we have uh the discovery chases a ship they're like hey we finally found spock and they stop the ship and oh it's Giorgio. <laughs> stamets is like oh i think we can get tilly we don't know if she's dead i think she's in the under under upside down and they're like okay let's go get her and then they shove discovery halfway in between the real world and the, our world universe and the uh, my seal my seal, the spore world and uh, <laughs> I'm having trouble with words today. Then they find Tilly and then they find someone else. Because May's like, there's a monster here and and they find the monster and it's Culber. It's Culber It's ah. f- Oh I I screamed. I screamed when I saw that. And then they they're like, hey Culver, come back with us He's like, I don't know. I'm like, oh come back. He's like, okay, oh I can't and then they're like, oh we found a way you can and now he's back. Section 31 helps a bit here and then Admiral from last season's like, "Hey, you two got to work together to solve this season's problem." And they're like, "Oh, fine." There.
0: <laughs> and Discovery gets a new crew member in Ash Tyler.
1: Yeah, a new new old cat crew member.
0: That's right. <laughs> And so a lot happened in this episode, but I feel like it was all within one or two storylines. Everything felt very tied together. It wasn't like two episodes ago where you and I said, this could have been three or four different short treks. Like, this was a cohesive, coherent episode, and it really moved a lot of things forward.
1: Yeah, to me, I I didn't agree with complaints I saw about the pacing. Like, Discovery just doesn't... Well, some of it was people just like, slow down. (laughs) They felt like, like, come on, let me process what you just told me. But here, it's just like, we know the thing, we're going to do the thing. We know this new thing, we're going to do the thing. We don't need to have you, we don't need to have scenes of them just walking to the turbo lift. We don't need to have scenes of them like in a turbo lift, reiterating what they just told us in the bridge.
0: What do they feel was missing from this episode?
1: Oh, it's just the pacing. People want, they feel like, slow down, let me process what you just told me instead of well, just I, cutting to it. that I, I, is what they're complaining about
0: I guess what I don't understand is what is it that they need more time to process
1: what they were just told that's that's the opinion just like all right you're gonna you're gonna shove the ship halfway into there oh. and all of a sudden next scene it's halfway in there I mean just kind of things like that it's just they, they wish it would slow down I I didn't have any problem with pacing oh
0: no I didn't have any issue with that either
1: I mean maybe not necessarily that but the scenes like that they have the exposition we're gonna do the thing next scene immediately do the thing and uh mm. instead of like Having discussions about doing the thing,
0: meh, I didn't even notice that, and I would not have if you hadn't pointed it out to me.
1: And now you cannot unsee it. <laughs> not a
0: kid, but uh you are more inclined to watch each episode of Discovery twice than I am, so I will never likely have the opportunity to view it with this negative filter.:
1: Yeah, and you know what I, I watched for it a second time, and I still was like it didn't feel off to me. yeah, so whatever uh, to each their own.
0: No, they're wrong.
1: They are wrong, because they don't agree with me. That's right. <laughs>
0: we might be going a little bit out of order here, but I can tell from your TLDR that the biggest takeaway from this episode was the return of Dr. Culber. I think maybe we should start there.
1: I Yeah, so... The, the little shorter, or slightly longer version is... Maze like, Tilly, there's a monster here hurting us. When we try to eat it to kill it, it won't let us eat it to kill it. <laughs> I thought that was a little weird, but uh, <laughs> Tilly's like... Fine, since I can't, since I need you to go home, I'll help you. Oh my god, it's Culber. <laughs> that was... I did not expect that. He was not hinted in the preview. I knew somehow, in some regard, they had recast him, so I didn't know what that meant exactly. And all of a sudden, here's Culber. For real, though, he had some emotional trauma being here. He's been trapped here for who knows how many weeks, months. Yeah, that's rough on a guy. And then it turned out it's just his energy.
0: You said that you didn't see this coming, but I I am starting to feel like the opening credits are a bit of a spoiler. Because it said right in the beginning, guest starring Michelle Yeoh and Wilson oh, Cruz.
1: I skipped the intro, so I get surprised.
0: Maybe I should just close my eyes. I love listening to the opening theme song, but the credits are really starting to ruin things for me.
1: Oh, yeah, that would definitely would uh, be a little surprised then. Hmm. Uh, break that. I mean, but no. So, yeah, I did not know that at all uh, going in. All I knew from the preview last week was they were going to shove the Discovery halfway through into the Spore Network, which is a cool graphical effect.
0: Right, and we'll get to that, but I want to keep talking about Wilson Cruz as Hugh Culber. I'm a little confused about, well, a lot of things, actually, because it sounds like the mycelial network constructed him in the first place when he arrived, and yet then he became a monster that was capable of destroying them? I don't know how they created... Uh- the monster.
1: They brought him there, uh, he was kind of almost sent there through, through, accidentally through Stamets and the, oh, they actually have a race name. It's called the Jassup, uh, the Spores. Uh, he was just kind of generated there after being sent there, but they didn't create the monster. When he was there, his, he, his natural reaction is, I need to find this thing that, what is this that these creatures don't eat? Whatever reason, you, go, you go on the, the human Starfleet thing of, I need to do the thing to survive. So he covers himself up in this tree bark that they don't eat. And that's why. And they're like, oh, I want to eat you. And they're like, oh, no, he's covered himself in tree bark. Clearly, he's trying to kill us because he's covering this thing and then we don't like.
0: I see. Okay. Yeah. Because his body was not physically transported to the mycelial network. They still had a corpse on Discovery. Mm-hmm. But somehow his energy, and you know, and – People have theorized about that for years. Like When you die, what happens to your energy, your essence? Some might call it your soul. Because you have all this neuroelectrical, chemical, kinetic energy flowing throughout your body. And when you die, it just suddenly stops. And like, where does it go? People have even weighed a person before and after they died and supposedly determined there's a weight loss associated with that. And they're like, that's how much the soul weighs. Mm -hmm. And it just feels a little too non-scientific and i know that the mycelial network i mean we got a mushroom drive and captain pike says we just have to take that on faith <laughs> but i am wondering if in season 1 when they when they killed dr colber If they were already looking ahead to bringing him back via this method.
1: Honestly, I don't think so. I think they just wrote themselves in in season two. They're like, okay, we need to fix a lot of things in season one. Because that's what a lot of season two has felt like.
0: You think that they're
1: fixing things? Or closing loose ends, fixing things. I was not happy with how they killed Culber. I was not happy that they even killed Culber. Like, oh, we had a gay person on our ship. We can't let them be happy. So I feel like this is some kind of rectification of that. I mean, Klingons have hair now. (laughs) We got rid of the old showrunner and now Klingons have hair. Things like that. I was just like, to me, it just feels like, okay, we're fixing things and making it fit still.
0: Kind of like season four of Enterprise.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When, when they finally, okay, Cul- Culber is in an emotional state like he was not listening to anybody. He could, why would he believe that Stamets is there? Plus, I, uh, there's also another great line I loved um, from May. She's like, it, meaning the monster, uh, Culber, he pursues discovery every time you come through the network. Like, oh, he's trying to get back home. He sees his home. He sees Clover or Stamets is there and he's trying to get home.
0: I totally missed that line.
1: Yeah. Oh, and then when they're like, all right, we're at our little dimensional portal. That's safe for you to walk through. He tries to walk through it and I'm just energy. I, I screamed at that point, too.
0: I saw that part coming. I didn't expect it to be as easy as him stepping into the airlock, but I honestly did not see a way for him to get home either. So when they started kissing and saying goodbye, I was like, all of this has just been an opportunity for them to have a proper goodbye. That's torturous.
1: Uh huh. I thought that too. Like, no, oh, there's got to be something, but I was still. Ha- this one felt way more emotional than last week's sorry thing. But anyway, uh, <laughs> this also had an opportunity where I love May's character in that she is very much like a pessimist. Uh, earlier, there was a scene like um, when Tilly gets on discovery and she can't find anyone. Tilly, uh, Tilly's like, where is everyone? And May's like, maybe they're all dead trying to save you until <laughs> he's like thanks, thanks for that yeah thanks for that and then here she's like uh it won't work and like, like, like something like that and like how do you know i don't it just won't
0: it was interesting to me that when tilly and may first had their first pinky swear. That was the first time that they have physically connected, because back in the Prime Material Universe, she was just a ghost that Tilly would walk through. Mm-hmm. And at no point did Tilly actually touch her and, and have a reaction as if to say, Oh my god, you're real.
1: Yeah, no, like, I mean, we knew, she mentioned, uh, May said she couldn't manifest a body in the other world. That was part of the whole magic here, what happened, because she didn't have a physical body to beam over with, so.
0: Right, but just being the first time that they've actually touched, I thought there would have been some sort of visceral reaction.
1: Oh, well. You know, uh, I guess that kind of fit, though, because Tilly's like, uh, May was like, I feel like I have a different connection with you. And Tilly was like, I wanted to say the same thing, but I thought that would sound weird. Uh So maybe it, it just felt natural. <laughs>
0: Can you explain to me what happened in that last scene where they figured out how to get Culber back to the Prime Material Universe? Because they said they needed Culber's DNA, but then I didn't see where that actually came okay, from.
1: Okay, so so apparently the Cocoon had some part of human DNA, and it had actual DNA, uh, as opposed to when they came back over here, They ha- or when May initially went over, they had nothing to connect to. That's why she didn't have a physical body and the cocoon something 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 space magic had some dna in it so they could actually attach the uh energy to something where may's initial version of her teleporting with the way may originally came into our universe she didn't have anything like that so that's why she attached to, to tilly it was a little bit of a techno babble, but i just went along with it
0: so did they need culber's dna or not
1: no they didn't need his dna they just needed some kind of actual DNA to attach to because they had his uh, magical energy thing.
0: <laughs> but they scanned the mycelial transporter on the Discovery and that had no human DNA. So the one in the mycelial network, the other side of the transporter pad, did?
1: I don't remember them saying that at all about the...
0: There was a whole thing where Stamets was scanning it saying if there's no DNA here then that means Tilly exists somewhere else.
1: I thought they meant Tilly's DNA. Meaning she, she hadn't decomposed at all.
0: Right. But they were scanning for any human DNA. Oh, I missed the dif- distinction. I I think they would have said if they found, oh, there's human DNA here, but it's not Tilly's. Oh, no, no, no,
1: no. no, no. I, yeah, I agree. They would have said I think they were going with the, the that the fact that this cocoon thing actually exists is some kind of living creature is DNA, is what I think May meant.
0: There's something missing here.
1: Uh There's definitely a scene that's like, where do we get Culver's DNA from?
0: Right, because the body we're looking at is not made of human atoms. That's why it can't pass into the airlock.
1: Oh, you know what? It's plausible because they didn't—they weren't in a hurry at that point. As long as there is a scene missing, okay. Because at that point, Discovery's crew just has to get out of the mycelia network. It doesn't matter how long Culber—Culber's energy is in the mycelia, the spore world. Uh, as long as he's shoved into the cocoon, they can take all the time they need to go get. Actual DNA in the uh, normal universe. That part wasn't in a hurry. The only part is in a hurry was trying to get Discovery out of there. Discovery didn't need to be in this boar world to get the cocoons to work.
0: So to which cocoon was Culber's DNA added?
1: The uh, normal universe.
0: Oh. That's all they needed to do? Uh-huh. Oh. That makes sense. I wish they had actually shown them putting like some of Culber's DNA into the cocoon, because that would make sense. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Okay, so I was watching that cocoon scene like, both times, and noticed there was this little device sitting on top of it that was not explained at all. I wonder if there was a cutscene of them like shoving uh, something of his into the cocoon. Because def- there's definitely a time period there that was skipped that makes it look immediate after they get back, but something happened there that was off-air, off, air, off- Camera. And
0: that makes sense because it's the cocoon on our side that has to actually do the job of building the body. And so that's the cocoon that needs the DNA.
1: Yeah. Oh. That part, that part I got, I just didn't put together like how they did it.
0: I mean, I can, I can pretend that they had something in his washroom, something on his comb, or just his DNA on file oh, from yeah. a blood test or whatever.
1: Yeah, that part, like, it's plausible, whatever. As long as I it, just the process of moving him across the world. I understood what they were going for, but they did not show a scene actually doing it. It still
0: means that this is technically not the same Culber that we all know and love. This is a brand new body.
1: I, You know what? That's a, that's a very big discussion about how transporters work. I have always been that way. You don't have the original body. You never do, apparently.
0: Supposedly, in the novels, they do clarify that it is the matter being transported, so it's not matter replication; it's matter transportation.
1: The novels, though, unless it's uh, those aren't usually canon. Unless it's like a specific yeah, heck, even even the novelizations of the episodes aren't canon.
0: Oh, that's true. I and I don't know that this was ever clarified in any of the episodes.
1: No, uh, and that's one of the big like hypo. Uh, the hypothetical discussions people have is like. I would never want to use a transporter because I wouldn't be the same person on the other side, even if I was the same person because my soul is just like the person, the being is gone and all that jazz. Uh, it's interesting discussion. So actually nothing changes here if you go by that philosophy.
0: Well, even like Commander <laughs> Riker, when his body was doubled, didn't the transporter like use nearby mass and rearrange it to form his body or something?
1: Uh, that part I don't remember if there was any uh, to explain that. Hmm. I just don't remember.
0: Yeah, I, th- that episode is not fresh in my mind either, but... Still, I'm like, the matter had to come from somewhere. It's not like Commander Riker showed up on the Enterprise and half his mass was missing. And they're like, where'd the rest Mm -hmm. of me go? Oh, there's another of me now. And it also means that when Colbert died in our universe and his energy was moved to the mycelial universe, that included his memories, his personality, everything about him that you normally consider to be part of, like, the human brain and soul. Mm Mm-hmm. So it, it's still impressive to me that they can rebuild his body from basically scratch, and it still like remembers everything up until the moment he died. Yeah. I mean, that's technically not how cloning works. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's about, uh
0: magic space spores. Sure. We don't know how things work in their universe, so anything is possible. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how Ash Tyler and Stamets will feel about each other now, because...
1: Oh, we already saw...
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, Stamets definitely had to clamp down on his emotions when he saw his lover's killer step onto the bridge. But now, uh-huh. is Tyler still his lover's killer?
1: I mean, that didn't change, I guess. I mean, Culber, well, I guess we'll Culber's
0: see. not dead anymore. Mm-hmm. So I guess we'll see. I want to see the next scene between Culber and Ash Tyler. Is Tyler going to say, Sorry, I killed you?
1: Yeah. I mean, hell, there was a- Pike put a shutdown on that for reasons we haven't gotten into. Ash was on the bridge of a Discovery. And when everyone comes back from the Spore world, uh, Ash is going to go with Pike down to Engineering Lab. And he's like, no, you're a liaison. You stay on the bridge. You are not coming here. Liaison protocol. That means he yeah. It's like That means he would have been some kind of compromise to Ash, some kind of compromise to Stamets, and some kind of compromise to Culber and the crew who all love Culber.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and Pike knows that something is going on both with Tyler and with Captain Giorgio.
1: Yeah, uh, and Michael there, like he knows like something happened here that is not part of the official record. Like I love that scene at the opening when they bring Georgiou, who they think is Spock, until she gets on the which is like they did not sign, scan for life signs. But anyway, <laughs> um, when when Mike or Giorgio steps onto Discovery, everyone had their guns posed, thinking it was dangerous Spock coming out. All of a sudden, it's her coming through. Everyone stands down except for Michael, who holds it up, and I'm just like, oh my god, this is an amazing scene. And and Pike's like, uh, Michael? (laughs) Michael! (laughs) Put that down.
0: Yeah, I was hoping that scene would be a little more subtle, that Michael would hold the phaser out just a second too long, and then take it down off her own volition, and it wouldn't be brought up again. It would just be for the observant viewer to notice. But then Pike even said later, hey, you had your phaser-on Captain far too long, blah, blah, blah. And that's fine. It's not a huge disappointment, but I just thought that given our history with these characters, it didn't necessarily need to be called out.
1: Uh, I mean, he didn't specifically... He just said, like, something's up here. Uh, What is it? What are you not telling me? And Michael's like, I'll tell you, just standing right here is not the place. I'll tell you when we need to.
0: I'm wondering if she's even authorized to, because it sounds like Captain Georgiou's nature is pretty highly classified.
1: I mean... Yeah, uh, so she, she even said, like, I'm not supposed to tell, but, uh, to Jojo, Jojo, Starfleet. Basically. Michael said, I'm not supposed to tell. I was ordered not to tell anyone. And then Giorgio makes a comment like, unless someone needs to know. I'm actually beginning to like this Starfleet and Section 31 thing. (laughs) Your Federation in Section 31. Basically, like, oh, they actually are pretty underhanded in this universe. Just not the same (laughs) way.
0: What do you think of section 31 in this episode?
1: I I loved it. I I got I'm happy to see more of the inner workings. Uh uh, I thought it was great. It's like it seems to fit everything. Like, you know what? They're not going to interfere with the course of events. Like if discovery here is going to just be destroyed in front of us, oh well, that's not our problem, our problem to fix. And then, uh, until they ask for it, even though, even if they don't know we're here. Uh, right. <laughs> and, uh, I got a kick out of that. And then a lot of people are not happy with how f- everyone seems to know that Section 31 exists in this timeline.
0: I agree. I find that disappointing because when they were revealed on Space 9, almost nobody knew about them. They're very good at covering up any evidence that they existed after the fact, and it was possible that if you went and told your captain, I just got approached by Section 31, the captain wouldn't know what you were talking about because nobody knew they existed. And yet here we are, seeing Admiral Cornwell just walking down the bridge of the Section 31 ship saying, hey, you two need to work together.
1: To me, it's plausible that at this time period, for whatever reason, Section 31 is a more known quantity. I mean, hell, we even saw them in like the third episode of discovery uh the first episode when we actually got to discovery uh there's a comment like Black black badges never seen that before and um so maybe they don't know about it but um to me it doesn't really hurt anything like maybe maybe the events of whatever happened here makes section 31 have to go back into hiding maybe by now they've gotten a little too big for their britches at this time period maybe they're the worst kept secret for whatever reason and they're okay with that this time period and then something happens at this season where they're like, okay, we need to tone this back down again. We need to hide in the shadows because we're getting too known. I'm okay with that, but I'm also like, there's plenty of season left where I'm okay. Maybe we'll get an answer to it. We get a lot of answers to a lot of things. So I'm okay with waiting to see. Now at the end, if they're like, no, this is how it's always going to be. Star Trek just got it wrong before. That would be a little weird.
0: If you were to ask me to name a branch of the government that existed 110 years ago but doesn't now, I don't know what I'd be able to tell you because I am not that well-versed in our political history. And so it does make sense to me that Section 31 could be well-known then, and by the time DSpace Space Nine rolls around, nobody has heard of them because they could have just gone underground, as you said. And after that long a time, things can be forgotten.
1: Yeah, it's like over like a hundred years later. You know, it's it's plausible. I don't say it's maybe they will screw it up, but I don't hate it yet. How about that?
0: That's fair enough. I would say that echoes my sentiment as well.
1: As I, maybe they'll have a good explanation. Like I actually did a mediocre amount of research. Like, is there any? I could have sworn like the NSA or something like that wasn't known by the general American populace for the longest time. But, or some, some organization, maybe not that one specifically. And I could, I couldn't find anything of that, but I thought I remembered that growing up. And I, I just couldn't find it in the few minutes before uh, recording that I pulled it up.
0: Yeah. I don't know the history of the NSA. That's interesting. I'd have to look that up.
1: Uh, it turned out it was basically had its origins around World War I. It had a different name. Then, but uh, yeah, that's about actually. So that's as far as I really got.
0: Yeah, it looks like it was officially formed under the name NSA in 1952, but you're right that its history goes back to 1917.
1: Yeah, it's like NASA had a different name for a while too. So
0: that's right. Yeah.
1: Anyway, I love Section 31 here. I'm okay with an admiral saying like, "Hey, boys, uh, quit being like the manlier than now <laughs> routine and work together." Uh, I was okay with that. She's uh, like an admiral coming in and saying, "Hey, guys, I know this is not your shtick." But you need to work together to solve this problem, because obviously these two things are connected now.
0: And it sounds like these two, I don't know if they can be considered captains, have some history. Because the Section 31 captain apologized to Chris Pike and said, I went over that line with you. And I don't think he was referring to something specifically in this episode, was he?
1: I I think it was the whole, um, I think it was the events of this and the saying, like, being secretive. And at the beginning, he threatened uh he kind of casually threatened Pike when they brought George to his uh ready room. Uh there was a line there, I didn't write it down, right. but basically basically um subtly but not subtly threatening him to like give George back or there'll be hell to pay.
0: No, yeah, I picked up on that. I wasn't sure if that was severe enough an infraction for that to be what caused a rift between these two. I wasn't sure if there was some other history that we'll be learning about in future episodes.
1: I, I think we will possibly get to know more because obviously they do know each other. And also the fact that Pike knew Georgia too. And he's like, something's wrong with her.
0: <laughs> I was wondering if he was going to throw out some fake memories and say, remember that time we did this? And Captain Georgia would be like, Oh sure. And Pike would be like, we never okay. did that.
1: Uh, you know, it's possible to, she's gotten really good at, uh, Even here, she's gotten really good at pretending she knows what they're talking about. Like, right here, he's like, you used to drink us under the table. You still knew every Starfleet regulation in two weeks. And she's like, of course I did. (laughs) I mean, she she said it more tactfully than that. But basically, she's getting pretty good at pretending to be Captain Georgiou.
0: And I wouldn't be surprised if she has really done her homework. And she probably knows everything about her Prime Universe counterpart so that she can pretend and pick out those lies from a mile away.
1: Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, There's another great line. She, yeah, she's just like, when they're talking about Spock, she says to Michael, like the innocent, don't run. And Michael's like, you ran from us. And she's like, exactly.
0: Yep. <laughs> of course she would. Why wouldn't she? I really liked the tech that Section 31 has, especially their tractor beam.
1: That was an interesting one we've never seen before. Like I don't know if it was some kind of enhancers or what, but it looked cool.
0: They fired three little tractor beam units that latched onto the Discovery and then connected to the Section 31 ship from there. And I thought that was neat. It's sort of like... A transporter, it makes more sense to go from one pad to the other instead of sight to sight. With a tractor beam, it makes sense to have something pushing and pulling, maybe. So that way you have a connection from both sides.
1: Yeah, it almost seems like anchors or grappling hooks. I'm like, dang, actually, this makes a lot more sense. I wish they would have done this years ago. <laughs> yeah,
0: and of course, we'll never see it again.
1: Yeah, they did it on Enterprise. They had actual, actual physical grappling hooks. That's right. Which I thought was cool.
0: Right, but this was still an energy-based tractor beam. It just had yeah. something on the other side helping it.
1: Yeah. We also had another piece of technology we haven't seen in a long time.
0: I don't think you mean Ash Tyler's communicator.
1: I do. We haven't seen that since uh, uh, last time we saw Voyager. <laughs> Voyager? Like, the the, the comm badge. We haven't seen comm badges since the TNG era. It was on TV. Oh.
0: Oh. I didn't even pick up on that.
1: Yeah, he he taps it and, and uh, he's like, Discovery could use some help. And my, Pike's like, what kind of <laughs> what kind of uh, insignia is that, or something like that? Or kind of comm What kind of, com- com- what what kind of communi- He didn't he say comm badge because that he, was, the word didn't exist He yet. says, "What
0: kind of communicator is that?"
1: Yeah, that's it. yeah.
0: Oh, I thought he was referring because when Ash Tyler tapped it, it made a noise almost like a modem deciphering some encryption, and I thought that's what Pike was referring to. But your interpretation makes a lot more sense. <laughs> Huh.
1: No, I I understand that. I actually thought that at first too because I'm just so used to combat just being a thing. Right. It wasn't until a second later, right? Wait a minute. No, <laughs> that's what he's talking. Yeah,
0: about. Yeah, it wasn't a flip phone that you pull out of your pocket. Mm-hmm. Huh. And so did everybody think that these little black symbols that section 31 wore were just decorative?
1: It seems like huh. it. And maybe most are. Maybe this is a special one. We don't know.
0: Interesting. Huh. Speaking of technology, I want to talk a little bit about discoveries excursion into the mycelial network. Okay. Because there are not a lot of scenes or moments in television history that elicit a verbal reaction for me, something where I'm like, holy cow, or jeez. <laughs> and this episode was one of them. When they went into the mycelial network, I didn't know what I was expecting, but it starts with their usual, you know, parts of the ship spinning around and rotating, and the whole ship does this kind of flip. And then I thought, The background would change just to show that they were in a different space, like fluidic space or something, but the whole ship went a kilter by like 45 degrees, and it was so sudden and such a wrong angle for a ship to be at and so incomplete. I don't think this is what the directors intended, but what it made me think of was the way that Dr. Colbert was killed. Ah, oh, so? Because his neck was broken.
1: Oh, was it? I had forgotten about that. Yeah,
0: Ash Tyler just ripped, just reached up and yanked it out of the wrong angle very fast, and then it was broken and dead. And that's kind of what happened with Discovery.
1: Interesting. I guess I did not equate that at all. Like I guess I'd forgotten how Colbert was killed. But, uh,
0: huh. And like I said, I don't think this was an intentional reference to him, it's just a really neat way to show that the ship is halfway between one space and the other, but it's what it made yeah. me think of because of its it was such a immediate wrongness being visually represented
1: gotcha, interesting take on that very interesting. that's yeah, me. I just love the effect of the ship is basically like stuck on a sandbar kind of thing that's what I think they were kind of going for, yeah,
0: like it was on a shoal being and it was sinking into the other space, yeah, I did find it convenient that every time the mycelial network reached farther into the ship and made less of the ship habitable. It coincided with all the crew being thrown the other way so that they were never falling into the mycelial network.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. You didn't see anyone like, ah, and their body twisting and turning and which was another thing they answered from the Glen, Like, why were all these bodies all twisted and stuff?
0: Yeah, that was a deep cut because if you haven't been paying attention since the very beginning of season one, you weren't going to get that reference and they didn't go out of their way to explain it either. I I mean, you and I got it and it made sense, but yeah. uh, Do we, do we want to talk about Tilly at all and her sort of little character arc here?
1: Yeah. Why don't you bring it up? I didn't think anything special or specific. So why don't you, maybe I'll be uh, inspired.
0: when she first showed up in the Mycelo network, she was furious at being kidnapped. She was distraught at being in this strange space and she, specifically said to May, when I get home I'm going to be angry and I'm not going to work through my anger. I'm going to let it fester. <laughs> and I don't know if that was like a threat to May or if it was just Tilly acknowledging that she's not really good at working through her emotions.
1: I think it was a little both. It sounded like a threat and that. <laughs> like, Even though it wasn't a specific threat maybe at May, but maybe the oh, the arguments we're going to get in my head that are going to fester in my head, you are going to pay for oh, this. Oh <laughs> gosh, I
0: can definitely relate to that.
1: How many many arguments have I worn in the shower because of people who...
0: (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh, you too?
1: Oh yeah, that's a common thing. Oh, I thought it was
0: just (laughs) me. My God. Okay, that's good to know. Thank you. But she eventually comes around and she says, well, you know, it'd be easier to help you if I knew I wasn't being held prisoner for the rest of my life because she wants to know that she's going to get home to Discovery. And then she goes to the point of pinky swearing. And I thought, wow, I mean, Tilly really is a kind-hearted person when you get down to it. She really is other-centered, and she knows that she can't betray her own moral compass. Like, when May says, my entire species will die if you don't help me, there's no way that Tilly can walk away from that. No matter how angry she is or how violated she's been by being kidnapped, she turns around and says, what do you need me to do? And I thought that was really representative of her character.
1: Oh, yeah, I I entirely agree. I, I, yeah, I got nothing to say more than just, yes, I agree. This is...
0: (laughs) When she got a hold of the equipment from the armory, I thought we might see a little bit more of Captain Killy. And we didn't really, like, she said, oh, this is a phaser level three, which is more powerful than a one or two, because it's called a phaser three. But my favorite line was when she said to May, fall in. And then a moment later, she translated, that's soldier, forget behind me.
1: Uh huh. Like Tilly trying to act tough is so cute.
0: <laughs> and I love the idea that, like, of all the languages we saw in the Tower of Babel last week, you know, we, we have Aramaic, Arabic, Klingon, English. We didn't see Soldier. <laughs> I want to see that language in the Universal Translator.
1: I don't think maybe Tilly was translating that for us.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We don't really need a Universal Translator. We got Tilly. <laughs> Still no Spock, though.
1: No, maybe by the end of the season, we'll get him. <laughs> I mean, they cast someone. <laughs> well,
0: I feel like we now have no leads on where he is. They were following the shuttle, and he wasn't in there. And we, maybe they'll explore the shuttle and see something that Captain Georgiou missed, which is strange because she's not Captain Georgiou, but I keep calling her that. Uh, but other than that, like at this moment, I feel like we don't have anything on the table pointing us to where he might be other than the next red pulsar, which we haven't seen one of in a while.
1: Yeah, she even mentioned it was a dead end, the, sp- the shuttle. So he had been gone for a while.
0: Makes me wonder how she got there in the first place and why she didn't just go back to wherever she came from when she realized it was a dead end. Why abscond with the shuttle? Where was she going?
1: Uh, Yeah, that is that is a intentionally left vague. She even kind of, uh, Pike even mentioned, like, you keep dodging the question kind of thing. Like, you keep giving us non-answers. You're really good at that. Uh, so, yeah, uh, we were intentionally left in the dark on that one.
0: Right. Yeah, so there are still questions to be answered, and I don't know where we're going, except that we did detect some tachyons at the site of one of the red pulsars that we've previously been to. They already conjectured that it might be a transporter, a cloaking device, time travel. Do you have any hopes for what it is?
1: Oh, God, that even more mystery made it even more vague. Like, they are... Not giving us anything this season on what to go on to really speculate. Like we tried, like, like, like or, or like I t- said before, like I have nothing to speculate on because they are keeping this a really good mystery. They're doing very well. Uh, I liked that section 31 guy immediately said time travel <laughs> as an option. <laughs> it's like, what have they been doing?
0: <laughs> right. Cause that's not something we've really seen much of at this point in, well, definitely in, uh, in discovery, except for the Groundhog Day episode.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah, it's hard to speculate on something they are keeping in the dark so well.
0: I'm hoping it's not time travel, because I feel like between the Kelvin movies and then the first season of Discovery, we've seen a lot of interference from other timelines and realities, and I would like to see something happen that's limited to our universe.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm okay with that. Like, I'm okay with time travel, but I I can totally get, get what you're throwing down there. Uh I would like it to be from ours. Maybe it's the oh, what are those um, the the Watchers from the X Men world of the Watchers, uh, Organians. Maybe it's Organians. No, because then we would have known what they are. So no, that can't be Organians. Seeing what humans do in emergency situations, why would they cause nightmares in this Vulcan child from his youth? That doesn't make sense. But
0: Organians are something that we see in the original series, right?
1: Yeah, in original series in Enterprise.
0: They were in Enterprise.
1: Yeah, um, they took over. They were watching. Uh, we didn't see physical manifestations, they were just inhabiting bodies of people on the crew watching them go through a dilemma and it was a situation where they're like, we've watched so many hundreds of people come upon this planet that we've set up as a trap basically, or whatever, we don't try to fix, just to see how they respond and no one has ever survived they wanted to see how the humans didn't survive but the human did survive
0: huh Oh, yeah. This was in the Enterprise episode, The Observer Effect. I have no memory of this.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's a really good episode.
0: And it's funny that I have no memory of it because after you interact with the Organian Observers, the Enterprise NX-01 crew had no memory either. Yeah, so... Wow. So maybe I interacted with that episode and I just had my memory wiped. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. All right. Anything else we want to talk about, The Saints of Imperfection, other than what the name means?
1: Uh, I just want, I'm happy to see more Section 31 because they've always been a favorite little thing. They always, you know, something that maybe I thought about, um, they always seem to be like, 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 uh, what was it? Dude, what's Captain of the Section 31 ship? I've already forgotten his name. It's I never knew right. it. <laughs> yeah. He was just sitting there on cons waiting for Pike and Michael to get, and George to get into the office. No one said, like, you have a message waiting for you. He He was already there in holographic form waiting for him and that just made me think of Sloan on deep space 9 uh, always just being there for to send messages to Bashir maybe this is a little nod to that maybe they had a ship that was cloaked right outside deep space 9 or however distance who knows by that time how long they can project hard light holographic images that are real but not i mean i could i could see a progression of technology uh being so like sloane is there but not there mm. Uh, I, thought, I thought that was a neat little thing. Maybe it's completely unrelated. Maybe it's just a like, we need to have him here. I don't know, but it, I thought it was cool.
0: We do know that this Section 31 captain may have bitten off more than he can chew with his crew, because Captain Georgiou got past his firewall.
1: <laughs> yeah, and George, I was like, I'm just going to start doing these things, and you're going to help. And he's like, you can get court-martialed. And she's like, so could you. Yeah, and you can get court-martialed for this thing. Right. <laughs> he's like, oh, you know about that. Yeah,
0: I was originally surprised that Captain Georgiou went out of her way to save the Discovery because when she was aboard the Discovery, she was very antagonistic to everybody there. But then I remembered, it's not the first time she's gone out of her way to save Michael. And even later, she said, like, you owe me. I'm doing these nice things for you. I'm going to call in those chips someday. And that does seem consistent with her character. That is why she would do something nice because it's never altruistic with her.
1: No, no. and It also seems like, She has some kind of connection to Michael. She feels some kind of connection to Michael. uh, Besides being her in her world, it was her stepdaughter or adopted daughter. Right. There's something there that she has a connection to Michael with that. I don't know if it's more than what we've seen yet or not, but I can't wait to find out.
0: I would like to see something of Mirror Michael. I know she's dead, but even if it's like a flashback or a record log or a video or something, just something that shows how... Empress Georgiou and Mirror Michael interacted. I think that would provide us a useful baseline for comparison.
1: That would be cool. Well,
0: I think that's it for this week of Transporter Lock. that sound about right?
1: Yeah, I don't have any more
0: notes. Cool. So if I recall correctly, there are 15 episodes this season, which means we're already a third done, which is kind of
1: sad. Oh my gosh, a third. And There's so many many more episodes to not find out where Spock is.
0: (laughs) That would probably be the season cliffhanger at the rate we're going. (laughs) All righty then. Well, until next week, hit it if you've enjoyed this episode please leave a review on itunes and keep your hailing frequencies open by following us on twitter
1: at transporter lock or subscribing to our podcast and email newsletter at transporterlock.com Hold on, I need to sit back because I am got a hot mic here. Not hot mic, but I am hitting all the uh, exceeding the limits of my audacity here. Okay. <laughs> that, a back.
0: that just sounds like a great catchphrase. Sabriel is exceeding the capacity of her audacity.
1: <laughs> I love it. <laughs>